0: You mentioned Spiller in, in in the nice day, 174 yards and two touchdowns. That's a big time day against that quality of opponent. Yeah, he's an old school running back. He he run. He's got really good size. Is over 220 pounds. Uh, great vision. Great balance. Always runs with lean. He is a nasty physical football player as well as you saw in the uh, fourth down run where he just kind of bounced through an opponent, and uh, took it all the way to the house. But an underrated aspect of his play is A&M's offensive line. They've really stepped it up the last two football games. They've run a lot of counter and power in which they pull a tight end and an offensive lineman from the opposite side of the formation. That plays to their strengths, and if you'll notice last week, they, they, were outside, they were countering power to the left side where they got two really big offensive linemen in Jared Hawker and Dan Ward, enabled them to double down, get some push, cut off penetration from the linebackers or cut off, excuse me, the ability for the linebackers to grip, scrape and get to the play side hole. And they also ran inside zone to the right side behind the more mobile aspect of the line, center Ryan McCollum, uh, guard Kenyon Green, tackle Carson Green. And what that did was they would double-team the t- defensive tackle, get some push on them, and then, again, those linebackers couldn't fill and make the play. And so that was a very, very underrated aspect of what Filler was, Spiller excuse me, was able to accomplish last week. Uh, Jeff, let me ask you this. How's the, how's the injury to Caleb Chapman? How's that going to affect the, the, the Aggie receiving core? <laughs> Well, he's down for the year and, and, and interestingly enough when you have injuries it always seems to impact one particular position group. And for AM they've lost two tight ends so far. Uh, they had all three starting all three starting receivers from last season are not available for various reasons. They either declared for the NFL draft, opted out for this season, and you've also had multiple receivers who have gone down for the year. Cameron Buckley, was the favorite to start at the slot, is gone. Uh, he, he went down in fall camp. Chapman now is gone for the season. Uh, Chase Lane has stepped up very, very nicely. He's a guy who is going to be able to adjust the ball in the air. He's pretty good at, at running routes. He's developed the ability to to generate yardage after the catch. Anaya Smith got moved back to the slot last week. He had a nice little game. Jaden Wademeyer is a very valuable asset to have it tight end, and now AM's running more of the West Coast routes where he can run option routes in the intermediate zones, make those 10 to 15 yard receptions that can move the chains. What AM needs to find out is a Z receiver who can create downfield receptions, and also act as a clear-out receiver for the other, uh, the, the other shorter routes that they'll be running. Uh, Jalen Preston came at the end of the game last week. He started the season at the Z. We'll see if they keep going that route. and also might have Hezekiah Jones available. Uh, he missed all of last season with an Achilles injury. He's missed this season so far, but he, in all likelihood, they may want to hold him over until a gets a bye week after this week and then has the Arkansas game after that before really getting him back involved in the offense. Uh, Jeff, you brought up Weidemeyer. Do you expect him to see more targets now with with all the injuries on the receiver core? I I don't know that he'll he'll see more. Uh, I think you'll see it kind of spread out between Smith and Lane and Uh, Weidemeyer. I think what is going to be interesting is Preston is more of a, he's not really ever developed into being a guy that can get down the field, run those deep routes and, and get to get to those long throws that kind of open up the offense underneath. So that's going to be the challenge is finding someone who can do that so that you can get those people open on the short to intermediate routes and move the chains. If Preston can come through, uh, I think his passing game will remain very, very viable, and you'll see Kellen Mond continue to have good games. If people, if opposing defenses feel like that the Z is no longer the deep threat that Chapman made it to be in the last game, then they're going to start moving the, the, the safeties up, and especially to stop the run, and then that's going to kind of make the passing game a little more problematic. On the recruiting front, the Aggies land Demetrius Crown over from Grandview over Baylor and Texas. What, are, what position are the Aggies looking at for him, and was it a surprise at all that he chose to come to Texas A&M? It's not a surprise that he, that he chose to come to Texas A&M. I, I don't know that ever anybody was expecting him to pull the trigger mm-hmm. at this particular point in time. Uh, he, he's, a, he's one of those small-town kids who plays a lot of different roles. You know, He plays football, plays basketball. You can tell he hasn't had a lot of weight training. Um, you know, he football field he's just kind of a man among boys doesn't need a lot of technique to be a dominant football player he's a guy that you're going to develop for on down the road and as a tight end it would be interesting to see what a and does with him because you don't want him to get too big he's, he's an athletic kid for his side he, he really is kind of a freak in that regard but you're going to have to develop him that means you're gonna to have to be patient with him. So he's probably gonna need a red shirt year to adjust to the level of competition and then you're gonna see what he does in terms of how big does he wanna get, because he could probably eventually translate into an offensive tackle, he could translate into a defensive end. You know, what does he want to do? Does he wanna weigh three hundred twenty pounds or does he wanna stay in that two hundred and seventy pound range? And and you know, the amazing thing about this guy is he doesn't look like he's got much meat on his bones at 270 pounds so if you can keep him down where he is right now and just put on good muscle mass as opposed to more weight than that you you're really going to have a weapon on your hands that's not just a guy who's going to be a factor in the passing game but really going to be a factor on the live scrimmage in the run game talking with jeff tarpley from uh giggum247.com. Jeff, we, we talked so much, and, and rightfully so, about the, the quality of that win this past Saturday. So is there pressure on the Aggies to go play well and start Vegas against Mississippi State? I, I think the big thing that last week did and you see this on programs on the rise. You saw this. I saw this when uh, when I was at A and M as a student, and when Jackie Cheryl arrived. It, you need these type of wins to validate your approach as a football coach, and that's what this did for Jimbo Fisher. He's been telling his guys, "Hey, look, if you do these things, you will be successful." And now it makes it a lot easier for those guys to buy in to what he's preaching. The, the physicality on both lines, uh, the ability to play defense maybe not as well as you want to for 60 minutes, but at least get the key stops that enable you to get the ball back into Windows football games. And more importantly, it really cut down on the mistakes that it was making. It really had some issues in that regard with penalties. It's had those issues all season. Uh, they, they stopped making those to an extent after they fell behind 28-17, and their focus was much better, and that's why they were able to outscore Florida the rest of the game and eventually translate that into a win. So more than anything else, you talk to people and you get a sense of everybody is now buying into more of what Jimbo Fisher is telling them. They get a sense of, hey, look, if I do this, I will be successful. That means an increased confidence level, more focus, possibly, hopefully, even better play on the field than, than what we've been seeing. Jeff, there was a lot of rumblings, and it talks about the, the crowd last week at the game, and then Florida has an outbreak. Is there any concerns on the campus at all right now with COVID uh, in Texas A&M? No, none, none, none that we're aware of. Uh, A&M tests its players very, very thoroughly. The protocols... That are in place are here's the thing about the protocols. The protocols were put in place back during the summer, and everybody we've ever talked to, which you know includes parents off the record, that type of thing. If you're a parent, mm-hmm. your concern about your kid is paramount in your life. And these people have had complete confidence in AM's ability to keep their kids safe. That was during the summer. It's still it's still in in evidence here in the fall. And so A&M continues to do things the right way. And if the kids and the parents have confidence in what you're doing, then you've got to be doing it right. And so I think you'll continue to see A&M be more of an example of what to do as opposed to having some of the issues that have broken out this week. Now, it doesn't mean that there won't be issues, but at least you get a sense – covering this team, that a and doing things the right way. If they weren't, I think you would have, a, you'd have some more than just rumblings on A&M campus. I think you'd start having some outcry among the players and the parents. That hasn't happened, and I think that's a tribute to what Jimbo Fisher and his staff, the athletic department, the university, have been able to do in that regard. Hey, Jeff, man, we appreciate the time. As always, look forward to our uh, conversation next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Have a great day. That's Jeff uh, Tarpley with Giggum247.com.